Hi, welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. Today, I have an internet acquaintance of mine, Tim Stevens. Hello, Tim. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you doing today? Great, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, So, Tim, for those of you who haven't come across your blog and your podcast, uh, could you give a brief description of both? Uh, well, I don't have a podcast. I'm just sort of a perennial guest. Oh, uh, I okay. But um, on my sort of my own website, I do, I promote my other stuff. So I write for a few other sites. I promote those links. And um, I write about pop culture, politics, uh, sort of whatever suits my fancy during the week. Great. And uh, you've guested on... What is the name of the podcast? Let it be struck from the record, or this never happened. In the past, where have I guessed it on? Yeah. Oh, this never happened. Yes, that was a very short-lived um, podcast that I did. Um, <laughs> short-lived enough that I forgot that it existed. But yes, uh, this never happened was uh, a short-lived podcast I did for about six weeks um, with a roommate of mine while I was living in the Bronx roommate now uh, writes actually for Full Frontal with Samantha B. And um, it was essentially me playing multiple parts, arguing for aspects of, of pop culture to be erased from history. So, uh, and cool. then when I moved out of the Bronx, uh, we stopped doing it. <laughs> so that's why there's only six episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that there weren't very many, but I couldn't uh, um, see what the dates were so I didn't know if that was a more to come or a uh, this is a, a perfect world a sure thing. but uh, we both got pretty busy and not living together it became yeah. a problem. well I I know that you're you write a lot uh, it seems that you're you're very good at keeping on on top of your own internal mandated uh, deadlines so. uh, yeah I definitely do my best um, Sorry, I'll keep jumping on you. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do my best. Um, you know, the stuff I get paid for, obviously, there's an additive incentive there. Um, but uh, it's enough fun for me, and it is in some way a stress reliever that I try to, to make sure I do at least a little bit every week. That's great. Thank you. Sure. Um. So before we jump into the movie we saw this time, which was called You Get Me, a Netflix original, um, what uh, history do you have with erotic thrillers? <laughs> um, I, well, how to answer this question? Uh, I guess not a, a ton. Um, I am an Adrian Lin fan, who's the director of like Fatal Attraction and Unfaithful. Um, not as a person, but as sort of a stylish director. I have a lot of respect for him. So most of his movies are about uh, fear of uh, the sexuality of women, and um, therefore they are erotic thrillers in nature. Um, certainly I've seen my share of bad ones. Most of them tend to be bad, so that seems sort of inevitable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the good ones, like I said, Fatal Attraction, Unfaithful, um, and then bad ones like, uh, you know, like Swim Fan, or uh, I guess you could say Wild Things is an erotic thriller. Um, so, you know, they tend to be 
trashy more often than not, although, like I said, every once in a while you get, like, a truly, um, there's zeitgeisty one like Fatal Attraction, or a really artsy one like uh, Unfaithful, as, or even um, Jacob's Ladder, you could argue, is in a way an erotic uh, thriller. Yeah, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of uh, movies with somatic releases that are erotic thrillers, but I have watched quite a few yeah. Lifetime movies that would kind of fall into that. Which, category. yeah, t- kind of tread on that territory, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, um, I really like the ones where it's like, what if the, um, the help doesn't like us? <laughs> so anything, <laughs> anything to do with a nanny trying to like kill off the wife and have the husband. Right, like your, uh, your hand that rocks the cradle sort of film. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I I listened to your podcast and last episode you were talking to your guest about uh, more of the romantic Lifetime movies, and I'm not so familiar with those. But growing up, um, right, and working in group homes with um, you know teenage girls, I was exposed to a lot of Lifetime and Lifetime style. Um, I don't know if you quite call them erotic thrillers, but you know uh, thrillers with a romantic edge, I guess where at some point uh, either the woman would um, snap from an abusive husband or uh, that kind of help, you know, the, uh, the younger woman in trying to uh, push herself into a relationship and then uh, eventually become frustrated and try to murder the wife and all those. So I've, I've seen a lot of it through that, the sort of your basic cable <laughs> version of uh, erotic thrillers. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, we'll just jump into, uh, the movie. Great. Um, try to remember everyone's names. I don't know if I remember anyone's names, to be honest. <clears throat> that is something I've learned from being on podcasts, is that, uh, the one thing I don't seem to do well with movies is remembering any of the characters' names. <laughs> uh, there's a girl named Allie, and a girl named Holly. And then there's a guy who's the main character. Yeah, uh, gosh, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. That that sounds about right. Yeah, and his best friend, Very... Gil. Yes, Gil. <laughs> I think Gil might have been my favorite. <laughs> he's in exactly three scenes. Yep. But he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tyler and Allison are dating... And they go to a party, uh-huh. and Allison's ex-boyfriend's in attendance and goes up to Tyler and starts talking about how his girlfriend used to sleep with a lot of different people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess she's new to town or new-ish. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. She seems incredibly popular for being brand new, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and... He is under the impression either that she's a virgin or she told him. I, I'm not. I'm, she obviously told him she wanted to wait, but from there, I guess Tyler jumped to, "Oh, she's a virgin." I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so this yeah, Tyler is more. annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with Tyler. That I'm sure we'll get into along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this ex shows up and reveals that in fact. Like most American teenagers at 17 or 18, she has, in fact, had sex at least one time. And uh, Tyler reacts like, you know, uh, 
men in fiction react when they realize they're not dating a virgin. He kind of flips out. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets very sulky. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of storms off, drinks a lot. Um, yeah, gets like verbally combative with Allison when she tr- finally finds him, and then almost has a physical mm-hmm. fight with the ex boyfriend. Right then, after kind of shaming her. Right. He does this thing where he says to the to the ex like. What else don't I know about my girlfriend? I'm sure you know a lot about her, or something that I affect. Essentially alluding to the fact that, like, uh, yeah. she's promiscuous or easy or however you want to put it. Right. And, um, I mean, I get that he's, like, feeling, like, rejected or humiliated or whatever, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it seems like she probably didn't have, like, a great experience with this douchebag in the past. Maybe that's why she doesn't want to have sex right now. Also, right. she doesn't owe you sex, buddy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the big thing. Like, I can understand him being surprised she's not a... I, but that's what kills me is, like, she obviously said to him at some point, I would like to wait. And right. from there, they didn't talk about sex ever again, I guess, because he has no idea anything else about her sex life. Um, I guess. Like, he doesn't need to know blow, blow by blow, but you'd think there would have been some discussion about, like, yes, of course we can wait, you know, here's my experiences, or like, what should I know about you, so we're both on the same page, that kind of thing. Um, so I guess she just said, I'd like to wait, and he was like, I will never speak about sex again. <laughs> and um, so that's a little, uh, again, a frustration I had with Tyler. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not he's not great. <laughs> I'm just going to say he's that not from great. the start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and, and like you said, he, she doesn't owe him sex. If he if his reaction was like, oh, I had no idea, I can't believe we never talked about this, or or if he said, like, you hid this from me, but it's very clear from his reaction that it's not that she hid it, it's that they literally have never had this discussion. Yeah. So, he, he sort of has no right to take umbrage. No. But um, everyone in this movie uh, is very much... The, the typical kind of teenager tropes of exaggeration and hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it has the, it's not a romantic comedy, but it has that romantic comedy thing where no one actually says what's going on with them. They right. just sort of immediately huff and storm away, or just, they make a series of bad choices. Exactly. It's the sort of thing that could easily be explained, but rather than anyone explaining anything to each other, they typically don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or anyone waiting for anyone else to explain themselves, for that matter. Oh, right. <laughs> They're too busy huffing <laughs> and going exactly. off. Um, so he uh, he bumps into this girl, Holly, at the party. She's new to town. Mm-hmm. And she's about to leave at the same time he's leaving. So he ends up going in her car and they drive off to this club and they take some ecstasy, I guess, or Molly, whatever the kids are doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, she has oral sex with him in the hallway and then they end up at her place. Uh-huh. And he wakes up, so... We assume that they've had sex the night before. We kind of skip over that. And then he doesn't know where he is. And she says that she's house-sitting. 
she starts saying she's house sitting, which he kind of relates to because one thing we didn't mention off the top is he appears to li- or he lives adjacent to a really rich portion of the town and seems to attend school with a lot of rich people, but he himself is not. Uh, he's a uh, one of two children of a single mom. They live in a fairly modest house. He works at least a job, if not more, and he seems to be responsible for watching his sister because his mom's always at work. Yeah. Um, so initially she presents as... I don't know if she does it on purpose, but um, she says she's house-sitting, which he relates to because he doesn't belong in the town either. Right. And he talks about um, his dysfunctional family and she says that her family is also dysfunctional she doesn't get along with her stepmother her dad's not really in the picture um right. like he died did, did her dad die we find out later that he died i think initially she does indicate that like he's just not around right um okay. and then eventually this you know not to jump ahead but the stepmom will show up and it's confirmed that her father's in fact dead right okay um, and then she claims that she's not actually house sitting. She just like broke into this house, and aren't I right? Yeah, fun? she snags a <laughs> <laughs> she snags a bottle of champagne off what appears to just be a display case filled with champagne. <laughs> um, and is that the best way to like, keep what, champagne? What you... <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty, but I don't think that's good for the champagne. It got full light, the whole because it's one of those movie houses that's just filled with windows. Um, so she snags off there and he's like, what are you doing? Won't you get in trouble? Are you allowed to do that? And her immediate response is, oh, I'm not actually house-sitting. I broke into this place. Right. Which he seems <laughs> into, because they hang out for a while before she finally comes clean that is, in fact, her house. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, again, Tyler doesn't make good choices. <laughs> That should be the subtitle of this movie. Tyler makes bad choices. <laughs> over and over and over. Yeah. So then we have a montage. And for some reason during the montage, I'm like, is he spending the whole summer with her? Is this a week? How long is this? And it turns yeah. out it's just a day. It's literally a day. Right. Yeah, it's it's basically, I think start to finish, it's like 24, 28 hours or something like that. Which... For normal teenagers is fine, but we've already learned that he's in charge of watching his sister, who is, I don't know, seven or eight, maybe? Um, right. And his mom can't go to work if he's not there, or she just left his sister alone by herself. And he also has, like I said, at least one job. So he basically checks out of the world, uh, his phone dies, and he doesn't do anything to charge it for 24 hours. And uh, he doesn't seem, until the very end of the day, he doesn't seem at all the slightest bit concerned. It's not like, at least from the montage, it's not like he keeps trying to call someone and she distracts him, or he says, I really gotta go, and she convinces him otherwise. He seems perfectly on board with forgetting everybody for 24 hours. Which, yeah. you know, it might be a teenager, but is really not responsible for a guy who's, you know, the primary caretaker to his sister, essentially. Yeah. I got the the sense that he wanted to just kind of, like, forget the world. So he's like, I'll just Mm. not do anything for today. (laughs) But we never see, like, any consequences of this. It's not like he gets reamed out by his mom being like, where were you? Like, I had to have someone cover for me or something. We never meet his mom at all, actually. 
I was gonna say, do we ever see? We see her briefly at the beginning leaving, and I don't think we ever see her again. No, I don't even remember seeing her leaving. I thought we did in a very, or maybe she calls and says she's working a double or something like that. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, she calls. She oh, exists, okay. but we but never see exists. her. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but the sister must be left alone quite a bit, because there are times that people are like visiting with her when he's not in the house. Like he comes home to find that to be the case. That so, was weird. This is a real latchkey <laughs> situation, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Who knows? Um. So, the montage happens. They go to bed. And he tries to sneak out. Um, again, another bad decision. He could have just said, like, mm-hmm. towards the end of the day, like, I've been gone for a day. I should get home. People are probably, right. you know, concerned about me. You know, I... Well, he's already shared her... He shared his life with her. Like, not literally shared his life, but, like, he's shared details of his life with her. Yeah. So he knows... She knows that he has a sister he's responsible for, so it would be easy just to say, shit, I've been here way too long. <laughs> I gotta go. Right. Um, but he's, he tries to sneak out and then she's like, oh no, don't go. And then he's like, but this has been really, and he just kind of pauses and she's like special. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, she's like, let me help you out here. It's a simple exactly. word. Just say this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, that could have gone better. Uh, <laughs> so. I guess this is all like the weekend or two before the first day of school. I was actually going to, I was actually very curious about that because as we learn later, he never calls her after this. Right. So like he, he leaves and that's the last he sees of her until he sees her later in the movie. And so I wasn't sure if he has it. Are we talking two days later? Is it the middle of the summer? (laughs) It's very clear how it's very unclear how long the time elapses between one yeah, and a half cause... night stand and the start of school. <laughs> yeah. Cause it seems like the very next day he gets back together with his girlfriend, Allison. Right. Yeah. That part did seem exactly afterwards, but then is it literally the next scene that they're back at school? And for some reason that just seemed longer cause they seemed so okay with each other again. But that might just be teenager, you know, get over fight super quick. But I just, I don't know. I figured there'd be some sort of, I don't know, uh, just how uncomfortable he is when he sees Holly again. I figured there must be yeah. some sort of healing curve and he thought he was done. But maybe it literally is, you know, three or four days later. I'm not sure. It. I thought that the party they went to was like, the last big bash of summer or something. Yeah, I mean, that would make um, sense. Because I think it said R.I.P. Summer written in uh, like, balloons. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> they're back in school and uh, he's kissing his girlfriend in the quad and he opens his eyes in the middle of kissing her mm-hmm. and uh, sees Holly standing on a uh, the balcony. Like three floors up. And he's shocked to see that. His... Their school is massive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. It, it actually, this isn't going to be like meaningful unless you saw the movie. But uh, for everybody who uh, saw the movie um, 
a student's obsession, which is the same storyline, basically, except um, it's a young underage man trying to uh, ruin the life of a school teacher um, because they shared a kiss. And, um, but like their school looks a lot like this. Oh, it's just like huge quad, like open spaces and then like multiple levels and like open walkways and everyone's able to see everyone around corners all the time. Yeah. That's like the first time I realized that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show used the same set as I think she's all that. Oh, really? Like they had the same high school set, and yeah, there's a couple of shots where you're like, "Oh, it's that that's the exact same quad, except it's bright instead of dark." <laughs> so wait, are they in the same cinematic universe then? I guess so. Yeah, they're like, so I guess she's all that sort of a prequel before the Hellmouth opens. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, or maybe they're just like the oblivious students who don't realize what's going on. Right. This is what happens to everybody who just attends school during the day. Like they're fine. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but I guess he's like eagle eyes or something because he knows it's Holly straight away and is like really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was her more from his reaction than the fact that like I know she just looked like some girl in the, the background. She's so far. <laughs> I mean, I could tell it was like a redheaded woman, right? That's but about it. I mean, there was nothing to indicate it was specifically <laughs> Holly, right? Um, so he goes to a science class. They have a lab. And his lab partner is Holly, and she's like, I've moved to town. This is now my school. And he's like, and she, I think, already knows that he's back together with his girlfriend. I guess because she was able to see him, too, make right. his girlfriend look like. They both have incredible vision. <laughs> so she knows they're together, and she's like, oh, you're back together with your mm -hmm. girlfriend. That's nice. Um but uh, I can be really discreet, don't worry. And uh, she she sucks on a Q-tip in a very suggestive manner. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yep. It's the least sexy thing you can put in your <laughs> mouth. And uh, she she still tries to make it work, though. You yeah, give it to yeah. Her. <laughs> Take for effort. Um, <laughs> but that, that was another thing about this movie, like, for the most part, it wasn't too, too bad, really, for what it was. But um, some of the scenes just kind of end abruptly. <laughs> that was one of the ones yes. that definitely ended abruptly. Um, when he and his friends are all sitting, him and Gil and his girlfriend and uh, the girl with a, a bit of purple or blue hair um, are all sitting together. <laughs> yeah. She happens to be Asian, so they make the choice that she has to have a streak of color. Exactly. Because that's a thing. <laughs> it was so funny. I've never heard of that as a trope until like a couple of days ago. I saw a video about it. And then I saw yeah, like I, I saw that video like a couple of days before I watched this movie. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything about this movie is very paint by numbers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it, it is, you know, this generation's, we mentioned, I mentioned Swim Fan earlier, it's this generation's Swim Fan, or, uh, the gender swap version of Fear, which would be, I guess, my generation's Swim <laughs> Fan, so, it's just very, uh, you've seen it all before, if you've watched any of these movies, or if you've seen Fatal Attraction, yeah. for that 
Um, so she decides to be friends with them, and they're all really uh, nice and friendly people. So they're like, cool, yeah, now we're best friends. And uh, she has tickets to go to this club, the Roxy, nearby. And they're like, okay, great. Let's all go. And he's like, I can't go. And then, yeah, Tyler immediately begs off. Which just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> like, if you're worried about this or girl sort of, I don't know, um, blowing up your spot, wouldn't you want to be there to make sure that doesn't happen? Um, and also, the funny thing about that scene when it starts is he seems shocked to see her. Like, it's as though he believed when she said, I can be discreet and sucked on a Q-tip. <laughs> or on a Q-tip. What she meant was like, Oh yeah, no problem. We won't have to ever talk about this again, as opposed to what she meant, which was, yeah, we can keep having sex in your dorm, but doesn't need to know. <laughs> which I think everyone else on Earth would have understood, but he was like, oh cool, great, good, <laughs> all right. And then when she shows us something, he realizes, oh no, we're not good. <laughs> yeah, Tyler isn't the brightest. No. Um, <clears throat> he's also he's got to be twenty six, right? Twenty six, twenty seven. <laughs> everyone, no everyone who's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. seventeen is like nearing thirty. I think only Holly is legitimate, her legitimately a teenager, but even if she's older than a senior. I should have IMDb'd them because I've seen her in other stuff. She's a, I think she's a but, former Disney girl, and unfortunately, the reason I, I'm aware of her existence is she, she's, yeah, she's nineteen now, so she would have been eighteen. Actually, she would have been almost exactly on model. Um, the only reason I know her, unfortunately, is because um, the recent Me Too things, she's one of the people that has stepped forward and said that um, over the course of breaking into Hollywood that she encountered some, uh, I think, specifically sexual assault, unfortunately. Uh, and gosh, that's awful. Yeah. And so, therefore, I, I recognized her from those news stories, but I don't know any of the other people, and they are definitely too old to be playing the age they're playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, typically they get 20-somethings mm -hmm. to play teenagers. Yeah, the hours I are guess, easier, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so Tyler texts um, Holly to say, uh, meet me near the elevator. So they do, and this is the first time I realized that he actually even has her number. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, why didn't he call her and say, like, hey, I'm really sorry, I had a wonderful time, um, but I am getting back with my girlfriend. Like, I feel like if he did that even the day of, we could have avoided all this, but maybe not. Yeah. I guess because he just thought, I don't know. <laughs> At one, po one part of my brain's like, oh, well, it was just like a one-night stand, and, like, he thought that she felt the same way that he did but like they spent the whole day together and they got each other's details which right. why even get someone's number if you're never going to call them and you know they seem to legitimately like enjoy each other's company that day like there are scenes of them making out and things like that but a lot of the time they're just sort of like hanging out taking pictures of each other like joking around so i don't know he seemed to have like genuine not like love for her but like yeah she seems fun if you think somebody's nice and fun, it seems like the right thing to do to call them the next day and be like, had a really good time, but I am back together with my girlfriend. Right, right. Because it's clear from the way he leaves, she thinks that they're going to talk again. And yeah. I don't know if he just forgets about her the moment he's back with his girlfriend or what. 
He does bad work. He has problems <laughs> with, like, object permanence. Exactly. <laughs> he left the house and immediately forgot who she was. Exactly. Um, so, then she starts trying to make out with him, and he's like, no, I'm just really serious about getting spanked with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we can't be together, and then she's like, you're gonna regret this. Yeah. And so, now we know it's to, going down. To be fair to Holly, if I told someone earlier in the day that I could be discreet, and then they texted me and said, meet me in the basement, I would have thought, like, oh yeah, alright, he wants to hook up. <laughs> like, I don't think her reactions, I mean, the part where she threatens him is not cool, but everything <laughs> up until that point, like, it totally makes sense that she thought, like, oh yeah, this is why we're coming down here. Like, meet me by the abandoned elevators. <laughs> right. I mean, he could have just literally texted her, hey, I'm back together with my right. girlfriend. Could you chill out? Like, he doesn't actually need to meet her and right. say that. And he also assumes, I mean, it turns out he's right, but he also assumed the worst of her. He could have just texted her and said, like, hey, I think it's super cool that you want to be friends. That's great. I just want to make sure you know that that's all it can be. Instead, he assumes from jump, like, she's crazy. Even though there's no sign of that until he says, you know, we can't do this. And then she says, you're an asshole. And she's going to make him pay. Right. And if it wasn't for musical cues and, like, the camera lingering on her face after everyone else goes away and she looks really Mm -hmm. menacing, you could totally have a different cut of this movie where until, like, 40 minutes in, she's just, like, a totally normal person. Which is probably the better move. Yeah. (laughs) It would be a real twist then. (laughs) Exactly. But as it is, we're like, she's going to be trouble. Yeah, she's dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess the next thing is... uh, Oh, they all hang out at the beach, I I think. think. Yeah, so we don't ever see them go to the Roxy, but apparently they do, and it's a ton of fun, and everyone thinks Tyler should have gone. Um, And then Tyler meets up with three of them at the beach, right? Yeah, his friend Gil. The fourth friend isn't there. Yeah, it's Gil, Holly, his girlfriend, and uh, Tyler all hanging out at the beach. Lydia is elsewhere. And They only had her for half the days, I guess, or something. Yeah. Um, so Holly is talking about this jerk from the summer and, oh, that's right. We missed, we missed a part. So she's a photographer and she was showing some of her pictures and included in the pictures is what is blatantly a shirtless shot of Tyler, but his face isn't in the picture. Oh, I didn't even see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I just saw flesh tones. Yeah. And, uh. Allison's like, ooh, who's this? At first I was like, doesn't she know? But then I thought about it. I was like, I'm not sure I could pick out somebody just from their torso. <laughs> unless he had someone of distinct with markings. So, sure, let's say right. she doesn't know what his, his torso looks like. Um, despite the fact that they were shirtless like all summer, it seems like. Um, yeah. So, and um, Holly plays it off as like, oh, that's just some guy from the summer. Um but he turned out to be an asshole. And then they're on the beach again, and Allison wants more information about him. So this scene takes place. Um, so she's talking about the boy, 
and decides to act out uh, how she kissed the boy on Gil, and Gil is game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Gil's just done after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Allison and Tyler are kind of shocked, um, but are like, okay. And then they drop off Allison to her house, and I guess uh, Holly's going with her, and they're going to have some girl talk. Right. <laughs> I love the way she said it. It was so creepy. <laughs> girl talk. Yeah, Holly makes it... Uh, girl talk has never seemed so ominous before. <laughs> Um, so Tyler feels that she's definitely going to tell Allison that they were together. Mm-hmm. And he tells Gil, uh, I was with Holly over the summer, it was a mistake, but, uh, there you have it. And I think that she's like, I don't know, trying to cause trouble with me and Allison. Yeah, he says, like, mess with me or something like that. And Gil gets a little yeah. bit offended. Yeah, Gil... Yeah, Gil has two reactions. His first one is, so was she good? <laughs> Basically, it's what he says. And the second thing is, like, uh, no, man, you're crazy. You know, she wouldn't have taken us to the Roxbury and kissed me if she was trying to mess with you. Which is kind of exactly what she would have done. I'm not sure why Gil put that together. I think he just... He really wants her to be seriously into him, so he doesn't want to hear anything else about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and then Tyler floats out, like, I really have to tell Allison. And Gil's like, no, you can't. You just got back together with her. So maybe you're right. It must be, like, two days later. Um, you just got back yeah. together with her. <laughs> um, you can't tell her. Which, under normal circumstances, is probably not terrible advice, but given all that's already happened, <laughs> like, Tyler should know yeah. this is the one time he shouldn't listen to Gil. And, but he allows Gil yeah. to convince him to, to keep his mouth shut. Um, and then we see Allison and Holly hanging out in Allison's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Allison's bedroom has like this desk with all these little hands that hold jewelry, which. I think could be whimsical, but it just looks like her desk is like possessed or mm-hmm. something. It just has hands all <laughs> coming out of everywhere. Um, plus, there's like always, <clears throat> it always feels ominous. Yes. <laughs> Every scene in this movie, even if nothing bad is happening, feels ominous. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I don't think they really talk about anything important, do they? Not. Really, um, Holly likes one of her sweaters, and Allison says, oh, you can borrow it. Um, and at first I thought it was a blanket, so I thought that was super weird. She's like, oh, this is really soft. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, why did you tell her she could borrow a blanket? But then she puts it on my sweater. Um, and Holly kind of goes around the room and, like, touches everything and sort of looks at it. And there's a moment Allison looks at her weird, and I thought maybe she was catching on that Holly's crazy or dangerous or however you want to put it um but it passes and we're never given a reason why she gives her that look so 
I don't know. She's just picking up on a vibe or something. Um, and they don't yeah. really talk about anything until Allison's mom checks in. Yeah. Um, cause she didn't really say that she was going to have anyone over. Mm-hmm. So the mom's like, Oh, you have someone over. Okay. And apparently, um, Allison was a bit wild at whatever town they used to live in. And that's part of the reason they moved. Right. Um, to get her away from the influence of these bad kids who, I guess, were drinking too much and maybe doing drugs mm-hmm. and partying, whatever. So she's like, I don't know this friend, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Which, on the one hand, I get, but on the other hand, they're clearly just sitting on Allison's bed talking. You know, they're in the center of the yeah. room. There is nothing being hidden. <laughs> they are clearly not intoxicated. <laughs> and the mom still sort of backs out of the room slowly, like she caught them, I don't know what. Um, I don't know, <laughs> measuring out cocaine or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like if you're concerned about your kids' friends, like don't get weirded out so easily. Just try to get to know them and be like, "Oh, hi." Like, or are you new to school this year? Right. <laughs> or you say you can't have your friends sleep over if you're not going to ask me first. Instead, mom does sort of the right, worst right. possible combination, which is like. I still don't trust you, but I'm not going to do anything to stop you making bad choices. (laughs) Yeah, the mom is, like, terrified of her daughter. Mm. All of the adults seem afraid of their children. All the adults we need, I should say, seem afraid of their children. (laughs) Yeah, how many adults do we even meet? We meet the stepmom to Holly. Mm -hmm. We meet the mom to Allison. And we meet the science professor and the, the administrator principal. of the school, like the right. principal. Yeah, vice principal. I think those are the only adults in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, that's the only ones who ever have any sort of speaking roles. Yeah. And even the science professor is just like, hey, pair up. I think that's all he says. Basically, yeah. He closes a kid's book who appears to be reading the science textbook, so that was weird. Like, they're not taking a test or anything. He just walks over and closes it as he walks into the room. Um, what is supposed to be the first day of school? So it seems particularly odd that she's like, don't read that. That's full of garbage. <laughs> and then says, pair up, and then we never see the science teacher again. <laughs> no. I think that the professor just hated that student specifically. Like, Snape hates Harry. Right. He's just like, I don't like you. If the kid's book was closed, you would walk over and open it. Right. Or, or just, just knocked it off, it off the, the table. Exactly. Oh, looks like you dropped your book. Yeah. Anyways, pair up, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways, uh, now uh, Holly has a sweater of Allison's, uh, which is creepy. Um, oh, and the whole time they're hanging out, Tyler keeps texting, like, what's going on? Is she still there? Is she still there? Is she still there? Um, which, yeah. you know, the movie sort of exonerates him because, yes, it turns out that Holly is, is a dangerous, murderous type of person, but his behavior is so just terrible. <laughs> like... I don't know how Allison doesn't suspect something's wrong with him because he is so paranoid immediately. Yes. (laughs) And it's funny because Tyler, for the most part, is walking through every scene looking like he has a big stomach ache. Like he has the same face and he's just like, oh, I don't feel good. (laughs) 
but also will not do anything just to change of... it. <laughs> like no. He's perfectly no. content and feel uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> he just sits on his bed and texts people, or mm-hmm. almost texts people, and then doesn't text people. Right. Like, he doesn't try to apologize um, to Holly at all. He just continues to make more accusations towards her. Like, he doesn't change speeds at all. Exactly. When she reacts badly to it, he just doubles <laughs> down on it. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's just very strange. And, yeah, his only way of interacting with Allison is like, what's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's going on? What's up? <laughs> Do something different! <laughs> <laughs> this movie also really loves jump scares. Yeah. So when he goes and picks up his girlfriend, she jumps behind him mm. and is like, guess who? And it's like, oh, that was scary. <laughs> it's like, not really, but okay. But then later, Holly does the same thing to him. And then right. later, he is like texting and then he goes out into the living room where he hears a noise. And then Holly's there and stabs him. And then he wakes up. It was all right. a dream. <laughs> oh, and there's one more, too, where she like, she... It's not really even, it's sort of a jump scare, but we know she's there, so it doesn't quite work. And he clocks her. <laughs> like, she touches him on the shoulder, like, she kind of grabs him yeah. or something like that, because he's escorted her out of her house. And he wheels around and he just connects. Which, if it was, like, the first jump scare, you could be like, oh yeah, he's just super nervous and he reacted. But, like, he knows she's there, because he dragged her into the That street. was nuts. <laughs> There's really no excuse for his reaction. So Holly um, has told her new friend group that she's pregnant with the jerk's mm-hmm. uh, baby. Um, right. And internally, Tyler thinks, well, I can't support a kid, so I'm just going to not talk to you about anything. And right. yeah. <laughs> again, just choosing to ignore every potential problem in his life. Right. As it escalates, his reaction is like, <laughs> well, if I don't talk to her, I don't have to take responsibility for that baby. Like, That's not how it works at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's these things called and, paternity tests. <laughs> but also, everything you've seen about her, no, you know she's going to find you. Like, She's been in your house right. and you haven't been there twice at this point. <laughs> Just being like, I'm going to lay low for a little while. It'll be cool, though. <laughs> it's not going to work. So at this point, Holly has driven by his house a couple times mm-hmm. and like knows where he lives for some reason. And um, then he's in his bedroom and he hears his sister talk to somebody. He walks out and it's Holly and they're acting like they're best of friends. We never really get exactly what happened. I'm assuming Holly just knocked on the door and then his sister just opened the door and was like, Oh, hello, new best friend. What's up? Come on in. (laughs) I guess, I mean, Holly must have said something like, oh, I'm Tyler's friend, and I wanted to meet you, Mm -hmm. and then used her name, and was like, oh, I know you, and I'm a safe person. (laughs) And I guess this girl has never been taught not to let people into the house. Or to find the person they're supposed to be looking for, like, oh, you're going to see my brother? Let me go get him. No, (laughs) we're just hanging out in the living room together. (laughs) So they're just chatting, and uh, Tyler actually handles that situation pretty well. Yeah, he, <laughs> he handles most things very poorly, but in this situation, he handled it pretty well. Yeah, he doesn't make a big show in front of his sister. He says she's got to get going and sort of escorts her out. But the moment that he gets her out of the house, that he gets like unnecessarily aggressive and 
not good. Yeah, it's it's weird because she grabs at him when he turns to walk away from her, mm-hmm. when she wants to talk to him. Right. And then he pushes her, and she falls to the ground. Yeah. And then he just backs away. And I'm like, even if you don't like somebody, if you accidentally push someone to the ground, you should check to see if they're okay. Yeah. You should ask, hey, are you okay? She I'm was like all scraped up, and he me. did not care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you surprised me. I didn't mean to do that. Let me help you up. Anything. Yeah. Again, you know. He doesn't try to help her up. He doesn't check on no. her. Does not care. And again, like I said, you know, the movie in the end reveals her to be dangerous. And therefore, I guess we're supposed to accept all his behavior along the way. But you can't help but think at some point, if he treated her like a human being, maybe she would have been easier to deal with. Yeah, like he literally pushes her. He drags her out of the house by her arm and pushes her in the middle of the street. And is like, all right, cool. I'll see you later. Yeah. And I guess... You go to school with her. You're not not going to run into her. She sits next to you in science. (laughs) I guess at this point, he is like, um, Lydia has had a smoothie that had an ingredient to which she was um, allergic. And so now she's in the hospital um, getting better. Um, And the person who had handed her the smoothie, along with Allison's smoothie, was um, Holly. So, um, mm-hmm. it's funny because in most of these movies, they, they do a lot of work in trying to lay down the, the groundwork and be like, Lydia is allergic to soy. And she happens to mention this in front of Holly. And then Holly makes sure to get something with soy. Are you right. paying attention? Wink, wink, no judge. In this movie, <laughs> they don't do that, which is kind of nice. She just hands her a smoothie. And then mm-hmm. Allison's like, oh, where's Lydia's EpiPen? Can someone call 911? She's having an allergic reaction. And then mm-hmm. we get it. Like, oh, okay. Holly poisoned her using whatever it is that right. Lydia's allergic to. But um, he thinks that Holly might have done it on purpose because Lydia was suspicious of Holly. Um, yeah. Lydia wants to know about Holly's Facebook page is where it starts. Yeah. She doesn't have a social media presence and she doesn't like it. (laughs) Right. Holly says she deleted her Facebook page. Right. Um, Which, given that they're playing 17-year-olds in 2016, isn't, like, the craziest thing in the world? If she was like, I don't like Facebook because it's for old people. (laughs) 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 She... And actually, earlier in the movie, she even says to Tyler that she deleted her Facebook page. I forget why she discloses that information. So yeah. Lydia's reaction to it seems actually a little bit weird. Like, why is Lydia so weirded out by that? But I guess we're supposed to understand <laughs> that you know, teenagers belong to every social media thing, so they would never delete their Facebook page. And then there was something else, I guess... Excuse me. She had said something weird to Allison. Or she had taken... Was it because she had taken Allison's sweater? I don't know. She thought something was weird. Other than that. But I don't don't remember Mm. what it was. And... uh, Yeah. It seems that... uh, Allison is open to the idea that maybe Holly is bad news. So then... um, when Holly overhears this, she decides, I got to take out Lydia. Um, mm-hmm. So 
other than that, we have no indication that uh, Holly is uh, bad. Maybe Holly didn't mean to get a smoothie to which Lydia is uh, allergic, but that's all we have. Right, yeah, we're only meant to sort of fill in the blanks. And then we meet uh, Holly's stepmom and uh, Tyler and her talk about um, Holly and Holly had lied about what city she was from and the stepmom seems like really concerned about her and then she says that she has mm-hmm. a tendency to get obsessed does she say that to him or does she say that to someone else I don't remember. no um he throws that in she, uh she says like she has a tendency to get and she pauses and he says obsessed and the stepmom's response is lonely so i wasn't sure if she was like covering for uh for holly or she was like what kind of response is obsessed <laughs> but later we see that she's clearly covering yeah because she's terrified of her um but in the moment it's, she does seem like why would you say that to me, <laughs> yeah you're boy? you're her friend and yet you think of her as having a tendency to get obsessed <laughs> Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, the stepmom seems very clearly concerned. Uh, and we, it's all very sinister and we don't know what that's about. Um, we right. see Holly and the stepmom interact, uh, when, uh, the mom, the stepmom says that she should be going to her therapy sessions it looks slightly like Holly is threatening her with the knife that she's getting to cut up her French toast. And right. Yeah. It's the sharpest knife anyone's ever cut French toast with. Yes. (laughs) I guess they just don't believe in having multiple types of knives. Like they just are very utilitarian people. (laughs) Um, so yeah, how did uh, that whole revelation that this um, this character takes uh, medication hit you? Well, uh, as a therapist, um, <laughs> it was disappointing to say the least. Um, yeah. So the whole thing is the stepmom says uh, she talked to Dr. So-and-so. And he said that she missed her last couple of appointments, and Stepmom's also pretty sure she stopped taking her medication. And given Holly's description of the medication, it sounds like she's taking a mood stabilizer. Um, and she says something about, like, she can't feel anything on it. And then when she starts threatening Mom, she says, like, if I can't feel love, and she pulls the knife out, and then she goes and cuts her first mm-hmm. But yeah, the implication is, of course, um, she has a mood disorder, and therefore she's scary. Um, and people on mood disorders don't tend to be homicidal just because they're on just because they have mood disorders. So that was disappointing, you know, to to have them offer that sort of shortcut to like, see, see, she has a mental illness. Yeah, but the mental illnesses that make people homicidal are few and far between and uh none of them require mood stabilizers so uh it was not the most um 
representative or uh, you know to use the term woke um, <laughs> take on yeah. mental illness so that was disappointing yeah yeah watching that I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, knowing that you're a therapist I was you know curious what what you were gonna say when we met yeah well, especially because it doesn't add anything to the character. Like, it doesn't tell us anything we don't know about her already. Right. You know, like, finding out she has a vaguely defined mood disorder does not make you think, like, oh, it all fits together. As opposed to, like, I don't know, if they told you something about, like, the way her father died um, makes her, you know, uh, attach incredibly quickly to people. Or, you know, she had some sort of, I don't know. Uh, history of doing this with other boyfriends or something like that those are revelations that you'd be like oh that offers insight but this is just you know the movie's already put up all the road signs that tell us that she's homicidal right. we don't need to a dsm diagnosis yeah. to, to think like she's dangerous and so instead you throw in this thing which really only serves to stigmatize mental illness it doesn't make the character any more well-rounded or understandable yeah that was um disappointing. <laughs> it kind of um I mean I like erotic thrillers because they're trashy fun, mm -hmm. but they are not typically very progressive. No, true. <laughs> typically it's like, oh well, if your child is in danger, that's your fault, mom, for not staying home. Mm -hmm. Or um <laughs> like we watched a movie, um for the show, uh, Kathleen and I, and it was Kate's Addiction, and I felt, like, so emotionally exhausted by the end of that movie, because it was so much, like, this lesbian is evil. Oh, uh, wonderful. <laughs> and it was just, yeah. It was, <laughs> like, very much, like, let's be afraid of lesbians, and I was like, but do we have to do that? Like, is that really right. necessary? Given everything we know about lesbians, uh, is that consistent? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there like, was, have you there was actually a ever met a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple I don't think of moments. You have. <laughs> there's a couple of moments in this movie where I was afraid they were going to go the sort of like uh, basic instinct bisexual murderer type. Um, yeah. And thankfully, they didn't do that much, at least. But there was a couple of moments where I was like, I don't know, she's going to try to like drive a wedge between them by playing Sleep the other girlfriend. side. Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, right. it did not be the case. They flirted with that, and they also flirted a little bit when she's wandering around the room, like, touching everything with, like, was it going to be a single white female thing? Where she tried to, like, assume Yeah, especially with the, the sweater. Yeah. And, yeah. and Tyler even has a line that alludes to that, but that doesn't really go anywhere either. It's just no. all about her sort of ingratiating herself to the girlfriend, I guess, because it'll make it easier to yeah. kill her later. I don't really know. I, I, because I'm not sure her goal initially is to kill. Him. I, <laughs> like, I don't think she starts. I could be wrong. I didn't ask her, but I didn't. I don't know that she started <laughs> off with the idea of killing any of them. Like, it seems to be a place she goes to out of desperation. But I don't know that. Like the first time she introduced herself, her plan was like, "And I will murder his girlfriend." Um, <laughs> I don't know that she would have been happy with the discreet affair either, but 
I get more yeah. feeling she's trying to weasel her way in to destroy their relationship. I don't think she's necessarily murderous from jump, but who knows? Yeah. Other than saying, um, you know, how boys are once they have sex with you to mm-hmm. Allison, she doesn't really do much to try and make Allison feel negatively towards Tyler. That's true. It's not like she's trying to poison her against him. No, and most um, of the time she says stuff like, oh, you guys are so great, you're going to be the couple that gets married after high school and that kind of thing. Yeah. I guess because she was trying to plant seeds of doubt, like, oh, you guys are so perfect and you already know his family so well, and knowing oh, that right. she That's had right. never she met the that. family. So, by the way, I think weird. she's... Yeah, that is weird. Again, Tyler making poor decisions. Right. I get if he's like, can't meet my mom because my mom's never home. Or, uh, well, we don't make as much money as you do. But, like, he definitely could have brought his sister over to her house or something like that. It would give him an excuse to spend more time with her, even. And he he never does that. No. Um, So, I don't know. (laughs) I think (laughs) part of her just, like, wants to be in a friend group. I think part of her is, mm. like, legitimately lonely, and right. so she, like, comes up with this story about being pregnant. Spoiler alert, she's not actually pregnant. Right. <laughs> Which, like, if you've seen any movie like this, you know she was never. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna they say, this, and to the movie's credit, I guess, the movie never seems particularly dedicated to selling you on the idea that she's pregnant. Yeah. Only that the characters in the movie believe she's pregnant. So, exactly. that's fine. Um, so, I don't know. She hangs out with Allison a lot, and, uh, Tyler visits Lydia in the hospital and says, I think Holly may have done this to you on purpose. Did she know about your allergies? And Lydia's like, I don't remember if she does or doesn't. But Lydia's also like, yes, of course she did this to me on purpose. I get the same smoothie every day and I'm fine, but one day she brings it to me, I end up in the hospital. <laughs> Lydia's clearly the smartest person in this movie. She's like, yes, yes. of course that's what happened. Uh, and then and she also it's... immediately knows that Tyler had sex with her as well, because she's like, why, what's going on? And he makes a face and he's just like, oh, Tyler, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Lydia and Gil are probably better characters than right. any of the main characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a there's another podcast I, I listen to where they talk about like <clears throat> occasionally we'll talk about the character that you wish they followed the story of instead of the main characters, and it's one if that's one of these well, that's situations. A good idea. Like, what what is Gil? Exactly. Let's find out what Gil's doing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what is Lydia's life like? But no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's not like they ever called the police or talked to administration to be like, I think that Holly may have tried to hurt me. No, um, in fact, I guess because it would just be too hard to like prove, but they never try. Yeah, and in fact, Holly's the only one who makes use of institutions at all. She ends up calling the police and saying that um, Tyler assaulted her. Yeah. Which is kind of true at that point, because he did shove her in the middle of the street after dragging her out of his yeah. house. Um, I mean, you could say, like, oh, it was an accident, but, like, she did end up 
like getting Injured, pushed down and, and she was left her there yeah uh so he acts all you know, like i can't believe this is happening but you're like, well i mean she does have evidence <laughs> like yeah <laughs> the reason you're sort of not to blame is everything that's happened besides that but like in terms of the the specific incident you did shove her and it was after you dragged her out of the house into the middle of the street, and then you did just leave her there. So, like, yeah. she's got some good evidence on you at that point. Yeah. Um, so I guess he's expelled from the school? Is that what happens? Yeah. I, I, I think he's suspended, pending an investigation. Oh. Um, okay. That's the impression I get. But even that seemed weird. Like, they don't ask him any information. Like, the police don't want to talk to him about it. She's the teacher, or the assistant that's principal. That's the part the that's weird. Just like, yeah. Like, nobody wants to get any details about it. He can't come to school, but apparently he can just do whatever else he wants. Like, the cops <laughs> don't want to talk to him. So, yeah, he gets I bounced out I can understand, like, for... yeah, I can understand, like, the principal just has, like, a policy where, like, if you're under investigation for... Right. a zero tolerance um, thing yeah. right like you're you're gonna be you know suspended from school and then they're gonna go from there once you know it goes all through the courts or whatever mm-hmm. um but like the police should want to talk to him to get a statement right yeah i mean presumably they're the ones who brought it to the school's attention right but no no yeah go home that and, never comes uh, to fruition in any no. way no so who knows yeah, I mean, um, when we get to it, like, sort of nothing comes, like, none of the consequences are ever followed up on for the not reason really why enough. this movie ends, yeah. There's, like, a ton of dangling stuff, but they're just like, everything's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> so then he meets with his girlfriend on the beach, and mm-hmm. the girlfriend uh, now knows, because Holly finally told her that the right. jerk from... Um, the summer is Tyler. And uh, she's like, you said no secrets. Because when they got back together, she was like, no secrets, right? And he's like, no secrets. So she's like, you said no yeah. secrets. Um, and he was actually coming to the beach to tell her as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's too little too late. Exactly. Um, and then uh, we see Allison at her home. Um, her parents leave to go on a date. Allison's an only child, so she's alone. Um, I guess Holly, at some point, when she was over, made a copy of Keys or something, lets herself into the house. Yeah. And kidnaps this girl who's roughly her same size, maybe a little larger. Mm. Gets her in a car, I guess, drives her to her own house, unloads her into a chair and duct tapes her down. And then Allison comes to I don't understand this. Like, wh- why? <laughs> why do you move yeah. them? <laughs> I don't know why she moves her. Because she knows the parents are on a date. I mean, she knows enough to know that they're not home since she broke into the house. Like, right. She must have figured that nobody else was there. Um, and I also don't know how she moves her. Like, okay, so she obviously drugged her, but, like, they're roughly the same size. And it's not like um, Holly is, like, ripped. You know, she's not... She doesn't have huge arm muscles or anything like that where you're like, yeah, they might be the same size, but she's really strong, so she hoisted her up. So all I can picture is her dragging somebody who's roughly the same weight of her across the street in the early evening and depositing her in her car, <laughs> driving to her house, doing the same thing again, pushing, you know, lifting her up into a chair, 
it's just, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Also, like, if I was going to have any foresight into doing this, like, I would try to do it in a way where it didn't come back to me. So right. why would yeah, I do it in my house? <laughs> right. Yeah. However this goes down, even if it goes down exactly as she plans, like, what is the plan to get rid of Allison afterwards? <laughs> I guess she just assumes that, like, Tyler's going to come to save Allison, and then she's going to convince Tyler to be with her, and then she's going right. to convince Allison to, like, not press charges on her and just let her go? Right. Yeah, just, well, you see, he loves me, so, like, we're cool now, right? <laughs> Like, you get why I did it, though, right? Like, I'm not... Right. It's not a crazy thing to do. I just I just wanted as to get if, his attention. And this seemed the best way. Yeah. As if it's like a double negative thing. You know? <laughs> if you multiply a negative by a negative, it becomes a positive. Apparently, that's her theory of this. It's like... I don't know. Yeah, it's really shitty for me to, to kidnap somebody. And it's really terrible of me... <laughs> it's really terrible of me to steal uh, her boyfriend. But if I do both... She's going to be fine with it. <laughs> that it's no longer bad. Right. It cancels out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, Allison comes to, she's uh, taped down to this uh, chair. She can't move. And uh, I don't know. Does Holly say very much? I think she just says, like, Tyler's on Not his way. Really. Um, oh, she she has, like, a... Is it before or after Tyler? I think it's before Tyler gets there. She has a speech about, like, because um, Allison mumbles something about, like, oh, he was right about you. And Holly says, yes, he was. He told you. He warned you. But you never believed him. And that's why I'm better for him. Um, and then she duct tapes her mouth and leaves her there. Right. And then the stepmom comes home and right. yep. sees... Uh, Allison taped to a chair and I guess all of this happens in the kitchen because uh, later we see the stepmom's body in the kitchen excuse me mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I was unclear on the geography of the house <laughs> yeah, me too. but that makes sense also I felt like Allison's house looked a little too much like Holly's house so sometimes I'd be like oh we're at, we're at uh, Holly's house and then I'd be like, oh, no, it's Alice's house. Because mm-hmm. there's no pool that is in all different colors. Distingu- right. <laughs> yeah, the only distinguishing features in Alice's house is her bedroom. What's that? Um, so if you're not in that... I said the only distinguishing feature about Alice's house is her bedroom. So if they're not in that right. room, it's really unclear where they yeah. are. And the only thing that makes Holly's house clear is the pool or the giant... Um, Shelves of champagne. Oh, yes. If you don't see those two, they're sort of interchangeable. <laughs> um, so then the stepmom gets uh, smothered to death with some plastic from behind. Mm-hmm. And again, <laughs> no indication that Holly has any plan of what she's going to do after this. She's not just straight up murdered the woman who owns this house. Yeah. It was funny. My sister, she like was passing through the living room as I'm watching this movie, and uh, in the scene with the French toast, she's like, "This is when you announce to your daughter, like, by the way, 
like none of the your father's assets are, are turning to you when I die. Like they're going to charity. Like you're not getting anything uh-huh. if, if I die. Just just so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think she's definitely gonna be a suspect in this murder investigation. Yeah. <laughs> But even if she didn't have another girl tied right, up in the middle right. of the room. Even if she didn't have a witness. <laughs> um it still probably would not end well. Um Tyler mm-hmm. doesn't call the police. He calls Gil. He no. calls good old Gil. Yep. Uh up into And I like Gil, but Gil would not be my choice on how to do like a home invasion slash rescue mission. <laughs> I mean Besides, like, a beer run, I don't know what I would insure, like, entrust Gil with. Like, nothing. He's <laughs> a sweet guy, yeah. but come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tyler gets there first, and um, he walks into the living room, and uh, Holly is wearing Allison's sweater and no pants. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I even have in my notes. Why isn't she wearing pants? <laughs> because again, she's in the middle of an abduction and murder spree. You dress for the part, <laughs> but instead she paused to take off her pants. I guess it's just an anticipation of him arriving, but she doesn't try to be like seductive about it. So I don't know if she was just like, "Well, I'm at home and I don't wear pants at home, so I'm gonna get comfy." You don't mind, do you, Alex? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she's sitting on the floor and it's funny because this living room is enormous and we never really get a good shot of the entire living room so I have to assume there's chairs mm-hmm. somewhere in the living room but it seems like there's just this enormous white room where there's no furniture <laughs> and it's just designed yeah, she just dragged in this metal right, chair right <laughs> and we're all just supposed to stand around in this living room. There's no, there's no sofa. There's no chairs. It's ridiculous, ridiculous design. Well, even, even earlier when he's hanging out with her during their one and a half night stand, there's like a sunken room next to a fireplace. I think where they're like laying mm-hmm. around, but there appears to be no furniture there either. This is just some giant house that has her bed in it, and that might be <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Again, they only have sharp knives because they don't need both sharp knives and dull knives. Right. And they only need a well, bed. Even she sits at an island. She doesn't sit at a table. She sits oh, yeah, at an island. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, that's so the they house. have, like, bar stools for the island. They don't have tables. Right. They have one chair that Allison gets duct taped to. They don't have any other chairs. Yeah. And a bed and upstairs. A bed upstairs. And maybe that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, they're, they're champagne. Oh, yes. A champagne rack. <laughs> So she's sitting on the floor and he comes up to her and she wants him to reenact that day and go through the whole conversation. And so they start to, Mm -hmm. and then he cuts her off and he's like, where's Allison? And she's like, oh, you're going to have to find her. So it's not supposed to be funny, but they play this music that's like, and then he opens up a door and then like nothing. And then da, 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 and he opens yep. up another door, and there's like a little shrine to him. And if they had done it a third mm. time, it would have been a three beat structure, and that's the structure of a joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you did you know that she was asking for him to reenact the first day? 
Because it took me a while to catch on. Oh, no, I think she says that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's actually where I realized. But the, she starts off by saying, like, no, no, you're supposed to say, where am I? Oh. And, and you didn't realize. She says, where's Allison? And she says again, like, no, you're supposed to say, where am I? I'm like, what's going <laughs> on? And then finally, like, a line later, she says, no, we have to do the whole thing. Oh, that's why. It's like, because that scene, the dialogue in that scene was not particularly memorable. So I was like, oh, I get it now. Well, I got it not so much because of the dialogue, but because she's like in the middle of a bunch of like photographs or whatever. So it looks the same. Oh, that's right. And she pulled those out. Yeah. yeah. So it looks the same. But that's like, right. yeah, the, the dialogue from that day, where there is dialogue, most of it's just a montage, but the dialogue from the day is pretty much just like, oh, where yeah. are we? Oh, it's a really nice house. Yeah, I'm house sitting. You know, it's not like anything mm-hmm. clever or yeah. romantic. It's just charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he he walks back up the hallway back into the living room and (laughs) blood is dripping from the ceiling (laughs) Tim why is blood dripping from the ceiling (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I can't figure that out (laughs) like I'm trying to think how that would have happened has she murdered someone else and we don't know it it's Allison's blood because she has a bloody head right now. That's right. And where's but Allison it's not right now? That much? <laughs> it's not like a spigot. <laughs> well, I mean, she is being hugged from the middle, head down, so all the blood That's is like true. rushing to her That's head fair. right now. <laughs> So, also, how did she do that? Again, I don't know. Roughly the same weight, right? Like, how did she bring that contraption? <laughs> so, okay, if you haven't seen this movie, which I'm assuming you haven't, um, what happens is she somehow managed to put like this rope around the middle of Allison, and then winches her up like she's a chandelier. <laughs> So she's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> above the living room. And uh like Tim and I are saying, we don't know how she managed this. Like did she already have that system like in place but like for a lighting fixture? Right, yeah, what what did that exist for beforehand? <laughs> <laughs> like I have to assume they had a chandelier in there and that it had like not regular rope but something uh, else. Yeah. And then she like took down the chandelier and then re-roped it but with like heavier rope. And then she's like, okay, now I'm ready. And then the stepmom was like, yeah. whatever, it keeps you busy. I don't need to, like, ask you about this in any way. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, she hangs her up. But the, also, the other thing that's crazy about this, like, I mean, it's obviously, one, it's just like, why would you do that? Two, how did you do that? But three, how did Tyler not see this? Because, like, I didn't see it because the camera shot made it so that I couldn't see it. But I have to imagine that if I walk into a room, there's a freaking body, like, up by the ceiling. I yeah. should notice that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the room is big, but it's not that big. Right? <laughs> How high are these ceilings that you don't notice that? <laughs> What's going on with Tyler? <laughs> I don't understand. He's not... He's not great. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like, because sometimes in movies, it'll be really dark, and then you as an audience member can't really see, and I find that really irritating. 
But like other times right. they'll make it so it's like That's really true. dark, but like you can still see. Like as an audience member. But right. It's darker exactly. for the character than it is for us. So I'm wondering if that was like the situation. Like, oh, this house is really dark, I can barely see anything. But they don't mm. do anything to like really signal that to you, the viewer. So you're just like, why is everyone stupid? Right. Yeah. And in a movie where they do tend to like have people say the dialogue, like, I am doing this now. <laughs> it's it's a weird moment to not have him at least look for a light switch or something, you know, something that can be, or him just literally say, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when he gets dripped on by his uh, girlfriend, Holly, uh, mm-hmm finally lowers her and uh he uh i don't know they all run outside and then he grabs a poker yeah why and she has a gun like why did she drag her up to the ceiling then just to lower her down again (laughs) because i can understand the well i can't understand but like Okay, you want to bring her to the ceiling because, like, that's going to be a dramatic reveal when he notices where his girlfriend is. Yeah. But there's yeah. no compelling reason to then, like, lower her down so she has a chance to run. Yeah. Like, you'd think that she'd be like, okay, I'm going to lower your girlfriend down, but you and I need to talk. But she doesn't. She's just like, right. I'm going to lower her down. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see what I can do. I thought you might thought, think that was neat and choose me over uh, Allison. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm going to lower her down. <laughs> <laughs> It would be really weird if she, like, I don't know, like, explained all the things that she's done and was like, isn't that impressive? Like, be impressed with me. Like, you should definitely choose me. <laughs> what has your girlfriend ever done? She just, like, Look hangs at out at parties. I have demonstrated. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to acquire E. I get you into the coolest clubs. Uh, uh-huh. I uh, am more uh, open to having sex earlier in the relationship than your girlfriend. <laughs> and I built this intricate pulley and winch system <laughs> to raise a human being to my ceiling. Also, did okay. you see my How shrine to you? I'm not a catch. <laughs> and I'm very serious about this relationship. Yeah, I made a shrine <laughs> to you. If that doesn't show you that I am very serious, I don't know what will. This is all some sort of bizarre approach to like a job application. <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> I would like the job. So, give it to me. I don't know. Very strange. So they all run outside. <clears throat> she has a gun. And yeah, Tyler. Yeah, is it a fire poker? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. And he tries to like. He first tries to tell her that she's right. He loves her. Yeah. He doesn't love Allison. He tries that for and like. That- a second. <laughs> and that kind of makes headway, but then, yeah, he just abandons it. Immediately. Um, and he goes the complete opposite route, which is guaranteed to upset her, where he says, I can't lie. I love Allison. I don't love you. Uh, which goes exactly how you expect it. Makes her angry. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, yeah. So, uh, she starts doing eeny, meeny, miny, mo, pointing the barrel of the mm-hmm. gun to each of them, which made me giggle. I don't think it was supposed to, but it did. <laughs> and she gets distracted when good old Gil comes around mm-hmm. and shoots at him, but misses him. Yeah. Then she turns around and shoots uh, Tyler in the shoulder. And the girlfriend yeah. picks up the poker 
and stabs her. And then she dramatically uh, falls into uh, the pool, which is, I don't know, fuchsia at the moment or something. Yeah, as we get voiceover from Tyler. <laughs> Returns, yes. Yeah. Um, and Love I changes know, uh, you. Uh, yes, as a device, um, voiceover gets a hard time. And it's not always bad. But if your movie has no voiceover at any point except for the last five minutes, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it feels like they got to a certain point in the shooting and they were like, I don't really want to resolve this to you. Nah, just yeah. add Tyler a microphone. He can say these words. <laughs> he does do voiceover at the very beginning. Oh, does what he? he's I talking about. Remember. See, I watched it two he... different days. So I, I... Oh, okay. Yeah, he says about his girlfriend. Okay, so it's a bookend thing. Me. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness you've explained oh, that's the, right. Because I was like, oh, that's the movie. movie. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, so he starts to speak in voiceover as she plunges into the pool and they rush over to tend to his wounds. And then and EMT comes and right, she's, not dead. she's not dead. No. And she gloms on to the EMT, and she's like, "Don't leave me." And that's and he's like, end. "I've got you." Right, and we're supposed to believe, like, "Uh oh, he's in trouble now." Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the voiceover talks about yeah, it's this whole soliloquy about how love can hurt, but it also can heal. Um, which in another movie might work, but this is not the movie <laughs> for that sort of like, I don't know, introspective take on love. Um. Well, because you just don't believe that Tyler understands love. Like, no, it, that's the main problem. <laughs> there's nothing about his relationship that Allison... His relationship with Allison isn't, like, terrible or anything like that. But there's nothing about it that you're like... No. These two kids are going to go the distance. They're super serious about one another. It seems like kind of a typical teenage relationship. Like, which is great. That's fine. But... There's nothing about it that you're like, yes, these two kids know the definition of love. I'm definitely going to listen to the 17-year-old tell me what it's like to be in love. Yeah. And the other thing about it yeah. is it papers over all this, these like lingering questions, including like, okay, so is Tyler, are they going to drop the charges, the assault charges against him? Um, how are we going to resolve the fact that Tyler's girlfriend stabbed another girl? Um Tyler's been shot, and he says he gets better. Like, that presumably didn't happen overnight. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of this stuff that, like, they essentially just say, and it all worked out in the end, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, we do know that he uh, has a birthday party for his uh, little sister. That's right. He remembers he has a little sister. <laughs> he invites his friends over, so... Now he's letting people into his life. His little sister was super psyched that her birthday party consisted of adults and his friends. <laughs> and no one her age. Um, <clears throat> she might think that's cool. Yeah, maybe. Like, wow, teenagers want to hang out with me. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Did you invite any of my friends from school? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Gil's here. <laughs> but Gil's here. Everyone's favorite. Okay. Well, uh, 
we have two rating systems. Um, one for actual quality and one for how much uh, you enjoyed it for it not being very good and being mockable. Mm. So, um, what what should we do for a mockability scale, like pokers or? <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll I'll go first. I thought that the movie overall was okay in terms of like production value and acting. Um, yeah, I mean it's workmanlike, so... but it's not egregious, certainly. Right. Uh, the script is, I think, where most of the problems of this movie, uh, lay. Yeah. And, and it's not so much the dialogue, the dialogue's just boring, but, um, plot-wise, like, it meanders in weird ways for a 180-minute movie, or not 180, <laughs> uh, for an eight, for a just over 80-minute movie. Yeah. Uh, not counting credits. Um... It's it's got a weird amount of fat for a very short movie. Put it that way. Yeah, it should be more propulsive. Um, so I'll give it like a three and a half. Um, I didn't think That's it was fair. terrible. Um, yeah. In terms of mockability, I I did love the elaborate winch system. The fact that she had like an That's altar amazing. to her love, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know just how pay by numbers some of the tropes were so yeah i i give it like yeah. a four uh pokers <laughs> uh i think it might go three and three yeah i good. i wanted or not i wanted um that's not <laughs> quite the right word. <laughs> um but it always felt like the woman who plays holly uh bella thor bella thorne Something like that. Yeah. Um, that actress was just on the edge of giving like a truly sort of cackling, hammy performance, uh-huh. but never quite got there. And I yeah. just kept hoping that she'd go over to that side because there's some truly ridiculous stuff that happens in the movie. And if it was being done by somebody who is like fully embracing the cackling villain, that could have been yeah, a lot that could have been fun. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't know if she doesn't go there or they tied her back uh or held her back but it never quite tips over to that kind of like i'm gonna eat every bit of scenery on this screen right now yeah yeah she definitely could have been wackier or more evil but Mm -hmm. she's just kind of somewhat menacing except when she talks Mm -hmm. about girl talk that was genuinely crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. And, and that's what may actually made me think of it, was that moment where she, the way she says girl talk, you're like, oh, okay. Like, there's a very sort of unhinged quality to it, so you're like, oh, I could see her going, and it just doesn't happen from there, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, she never hits Gwen Close's I will not be ignored kind of level, <laughs> or uh, Marky Mark screaming at the... Uh, uh, what's it called? The not keyhole. Um, the peephole mm-hmm. in fear. You know, you never get that that moment, unfortunately. So, um, Tim, if people want to read all your stuff, where do they go? Uh, well, um, the most mainstream place you can read me is Marvel.com, the home of the House of Ideas, and you can read me usually there 
three or four times a week, a uh, bit of a hiatus until next week. So by the time you hear this, I'll probably be back on that. Uh, once a week, you can find me at Comicsverse, sort of doing cultural criticisms of uh, comics. And then I have my own site, which is timstevensisungaje.com, and Ungaje is U-N-G-A-J-J-E. Uh, right now I'm in the midst of something called the January Project, which is a new piece of flash fiction every day for all 31 days of January, inspired by a randomly selected song from my music library. Uh, so um, just today I wrote about Tom, or I wrote a short bit of dialogue in response to Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. Um, and tomorrow will be a different thing, and it just goes that way the whole month. So I, I choose this, or I randomly select the song, I listen to it, I read the lyrics, and then I just write about whatever comes to mind um, based on that. So it's a, just sort of a writing challenge for me. Um, so I'm in the midst of that. This and like fun. yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's probably the fifth year I've done it. And then uh, my Twitter feed is at Ungaje, again, U-N-G-A-J-J-E. And uh, if you have Twitter, follow me on that, because I'm very amusing. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't already been able to tell from this uh, episode, which I think everyone listening has already been able to tell. (laughs) Well, thank you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on my show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. Um, and if you want to follow Not Another Bad Movie Podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at N-A-B-M Podcast. If you want to throw us a dime, you can go to Patreon, G-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com and search for us there. And you can search for us on Facebook as well. We have a page. Uh, we are all the usual places where you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Uh, just to... I was going to say, just to review, Patreon is spelled P-A-Y-T-R-E-O-N? Or P-A-T-R-E-O-N? Oh, uh, no uh, okay. Because uh, I was listening to some of your previous podcasts. I believe you spelled it uh, a unique way previously. <laughs> unique way. Also known as wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but in the future, if I do something wrong, I'll just be like, no, man, I'm being unique. <laughs> exactly. That's what you, you never admit fault. <laughs> I'm never admitting fault. <laughs> so yeah, if you tried P-A-Y, I don't know what you found. Uh, I hope it was fun for you. <laughs> I don't know either. But that was wrong. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Um, and thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next month. Bye. Bye.